Welcome back, Eudemaniacs, to the podcast that explores Eudemania. Euda what? Eudemania means personal flourishing. I'm Emily Geyser, and I started this podcast to elevate our tools and understanding of flourishing. During this time where so many of us feel tapped out, exhausted, and down, I'm interviewing guests who bring fantastic tools and experience with flourishing to keep us focused on our own sense of well-being and potential. Thanks for spending this time with me. Today, I am really looking forward to this conversation. Tara Lee Weathers has the longest bio in the world, so I'm going to give a cliff note version here. She's an ex-professional cheerleader for the NBA, founder of her brand, The Rocking Life, author of her book, How to Rock Your Life. She's a coach. She leads retreats. And here's what Tara Lee says in her own words. I've created an amazing life where I travel the world, co-host a podcast, go to a lot of live music shows and festivals and rock out in my hip hop band, the middle ages with my husband. I live in a beautiful place and do work that I am passionate about that is lucrative and fun. Welcome Tara Lee. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to dive in and talk with you and get to know you better and have your audience get to know me better. Yes, I'm so excited. You embody such a sense of purpose and joy and really like deep alignment with your true self as quirky as it is. And you let all of that just shine, but while also running your business and all that's required of that. So you really seem to have ditched the hustle and grind culture for joy and play. So I feel like you have a lot of wisdom to share on this topic of eudaimonia, which is flourishing and you seem to be flourishing. Yeah, it's actually super interesting because when I first started working for myself, I felt like I had to lock myself in my office from nine to five and take like an hour long lunch break at noon because that's like what it meant to be productive. But what I found was that I was just wasting time. Like I was, I was like surfing the internet. I was just like, I was doing not less work than before. So then I was like, okay, well, what if I just gave myself this amount, like two hours of time? to get all of this done. And then I could do whatever I wanted with the rest of the time. And I found that I got so much more done in that short amount of time because I have ADHD and I talk about this a lot in all of my things. And the worst thing you can do for a person with ADHD is it's like, you have all day to do all of your things because you'll literally do nothing. Um, so when I'm like, I have this tiny chunk amount of time to do all my things, I get it done every time. And then I have all of the other time in the world. So it was like interesting because I was like, I want to be out of the hustle and bustle, but I'm going to try to like mirror the hustle and bustle. It made no sense. <laughs> yeah. But that takes such courage to say like, I'm actually going to shrink my work time substantially when you have your own business and you're responsible for creating your own income. Right. I'm going to shrink my work time, but then also just as like consciously you have to choose what you're going to fill the extra time with so that it's life giving and helps balance it all out. Right. Was that tricky for you? Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's always like, again, because I get so easily distracted that if I, if I'm not paying attention, it's like all of a sudden I'm like, wait, all day went by and what did I do? I was like, was I watching programs? Was I staring off into space? So I like, what was I doing? And how can I use that time? Like in an intentional way, which even though like I have all the, the tools and the tricks, like I'm not perfect with it, but it's, it's like pretty good. I've got it down pretty good. That's amazing. So 
tell us a little bit about how you do this, because I imagine a lot of people listening, whether they've been diagnosed with ADHD or not, it's hard to structure time and prioritize like the real, the real work. Yeah. Well, I have a really hard time seeing the big picture, which is another ADHD thing. And a lot of people like feel that way where I can't, I just can't see though. Like, like when they're like, what are you, what's your five-year plan? I'm like, I don't know, but I know what I want to do today. So I, like, I have worked with other people to figure out what my bigger plan is. I actually have a business partner um, who really helps me with that. So she does that. And then each day I have a things I get to do today list. So I know exactly what it is, what I need to do in each given day to get to that big picture that I can't see, but it doesn't matter that I can't see it as long as somebody knows where I'm going and then what I need to do today. Um, so then I also chunk it down into time blocks. Um, so for a lot of people, whether you have ADHD or not, can only focus for a certain amount of time on stuff that like I'm doing most stuff that I really want to do, but there is things just in business that is like not exciting. And those things are really hard to do. So um, I chunk them down into like either 15 minute time blocks or half an hour time block, because that is how long I can pay attention before I start to just like zone out and lose it. Um, So in the times that I am working, I have little scheduled blocks and I use timers for everything. So it's like, okay, you have to get these five administrative tasks done. Okay. What if I can get them done in 20 minutes and I'm going to set a timer and it's like a game and it's like, can I get it done in the 20 minutes? And it really works. And then I hyper-focus and I get it done. Remarkable. So has your journey with ADHD always looked so intentional no. and <laughs> yeah, so what's the journey with that yeah I mean I definitely I had it my whole life uh, my mom told me when I was younger that they wanted to put me on Ritalin and she said no which I'm really grateful for um but I also didn't know that they even thought that I had ADHD until I was in college um and so it was I actually had a lot of grieving when I found out of like what how my life could have been if I had known because I struggled so much and thought that there was something wrong with me because I mean, our school structure and then even our like corporate after you're out of school structure is like made not for necessarily for people with ADHD because we are not supposed to sit in a box or in a cubicle or in a desk. It's like, oh my gosh. But then in the hunter gatherer years, we were the rock stars and everybody wanted to be like us. So that's why I'm like, I don't like the word that it's a deficit and a disorder because I think it's just a way that we are. And it's actually an amazing way that we are. So when I had to fit into the societal structure and norms, I couldn't, and it was really hard and I really struggled and I thought that there was something wrong with me. So once I was in college and I got the official diagnosis, it was like, oh, that is why I am this way. And then I got to take tests in my own room room where there was no one around to distract me. I didn't have to do multiple choice tests because by the time I got to the fourth multiple choice thing, I forgot what the question was and I would always fail them. Um, But I got to do essay tests, which I was really good at, which technically should be harder, but I knew the information. I just didn't know how to do it in the test way. I also got an assigned seat in the front so I could pay attention to the teacher and not be distracted by everything around me. And I went from almost like failing out of college to like getting almost all A's. Um, and I also was on Ritalin at that time, which I'm grateful that I was, it was for about two years. And I remember the first time I took it and I was like, Oh, this is how people can sit still and pay attention. But then I was like, 
but why do I need to sit still and pay attention in this thing? Like maybe I can create a life where I don't have to do that. Um, and also getting a taste of what that felt like. I can kind of then like recreate that in my life without the medicine. So I only took it for two years and then have been um, medication free since. So definitely I was not always like this and it took a long time to figure out the systems and the structures and the support and everything that I needed to be where I am today. But I'm like so grateful for it now and the acceptance and the knowledge that it's not something that's wrong with you. It could be a superpower if used correctly. So tell us more about the superpower piece of it. Cause I think that, you know, a lot of people feel embarrassed and ashamed by it, or especially as adults are learning that they have this quote unquote deficit now, and it explains all the problems in the past, right? Which it yeah. could have led to a lot of problems in the past if you didn't recognize it and know some good skills for dealing with it. So tell us more about yeah. that. Well, so middle-aged women are actually the number one group that is being diagnosed with ADHD right now. Um, which I think is super interesting because most of the research was done on boys um, and it's expressed differently in boys. So a lot of times like the way that it was expressed in women was and girls was different. So they didn't think of it as ADHD, but it totally is. Um, so that's an interesting thing, but interesting. the superpowers is like, one is procrastination. That's something I always thought was wrong with me that I, pro I waited to the last minute, but then I always got it done. And so I was like, well, what if I could use that to my advantage? Like, I know that I'm going to wait to the last minute, but what if I could create false deadlines for myself? So then I'm waiting to the last minute of that false deadline, but then I'm still actually like getting the thing done. Um, so false procrastination for sure. Um, the hyper-focus when you can hyper-focus on something and that's when time blindedness happens. Like you can work on something all day and you're like, wait, I didn't eat. I didn't go to the bathroom. I like missed 12 other appointments. Um, but you can use hyper-focus to your advantage. And it's, it's kind of like what I was talking about before and the time blocking and that you like, you can trick yourself to get into hyper-focus mode by playing games and setting timers and doing all these things. And then also when I'm in the flow with something, allowing myself, because I work for myself, the time and space that if I want to work all day on something, cause I'm excited about it, like letting that go and doing that and not caring about the time. Cause it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So that's two pretty big ones um, that are the superpowers. There's so many more, but I would say that those are two. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that you've turned it around and found skills that work for you. And now you're teaching other people how to work with their own ADHD too. But you yeah. have some more unconventional tips. Were you just going to go there? I saw you. Well, I just. I did. Well, I just remembered another superpower is creativity, like the ability to like come like problem solve for something that other people can't see. Like I constantly am like, oh, this is obvious how you would solve this problem. And other people are like, what? Oh, yeah. But they didn't see that. Um, and then also risk taking is another superpower that a lot of people with ADHD just like jump in head first and like take a risk. And that actually is a really great thing. It's a great thing. Yeah. Love it. That's how you're getting the most juice out of your life. And like now what looks like flourishing. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, when you jump in head first and take a risk, it doesn't always pan out. And also that's okay. I don't know if you study human design, but um, in my human design, I'm trial and error. So I'm constantly trying things and failing and trying uh -huh. things and failing and trying things and failing. <laughs>
Just a real quick break here because I want to take a moment to rave about my favorite skincare brand, Beauty Counter. This is an ad. I'm an affiliate. I locked arms with Beauty Counter back in 2014, and it's basically all my family has been using for our personal care products for the past eight years. I'm a real stickler for clean, safe ingredients in my food, in my skincare. It's easier to find these these days. The thing is, any brand can call themselves clean, but they often can't back it up. Beauty Counter can, and it all starts with safety. Since their launch in 2013, Beauty Counter has disrupted the safety and ingredient norms in the industry and gone on to set the highest bar for safety in the beauty industry. It's not just safer ingredients, but sustainable packaging, ingredient transparency, responsibly sourced raw materials, trace contaminant and heavy metal testing, by the way, that's unheard of, and more. Beauty Counter is a B Corporation, EWG certified and Leaping Bunny certified, plus female founded. If you are ready to switch to clean beauty, I highly encourage you to shop Beauty Counter. Truly, I love it. That's why I'm sharing it, because we use it. It's what is in all the bathrooms. You can head to the website, beautycounter.com backslash Emily Geyser to shop with me. You can get the link for that and a discount code in the show notes or message me and I'll send them to you directly. The way that I you first came into my radar was probably about 11 years ago when I was doing my health coach training. And I believe one of the modules in there or some part, something that I got to listen to was about the work that you were doing then with the band Fish. And the band Fish has been, I've been seeing that band for 30 years, like my favorite live music shows. And it was really uh, fun to hear how you were engaging in that world. And you still are. Yeah. And even blending it with your your own um, living with ADHD and helping other people who are in that same scenario. So will you talk to me about not necessarily fish, unless there's something there specifically, but just the role of live music for you and where you find that meshing with flourishing and well-being? Yeah. Well, I mean, a fish show is pretty much the first place I ever felt safe to be my true authentic self. Like I remember the first, I went to my first show alone and just, I walked in the parking lot and saw all these people in these crazy patchwork outfits and like selling grilled cheeses and playing hacky sack and like the smell of the like patchouli and Palo Santo in the air. And then going to the show and seeing a band that like the drummer would play a vacuum and they were jumping on trampolines. And I was like, what? This is amazing. I don't know what this is, but I want this in my life every single day. And I want this feeling that I'm feeling in my life every single day. And so that became a mission of mine is to figure out how I felt at shows and be able to bring that into my everyday life. Because at the time it was very different of who my show person was and who my regular real life person was and kind of combining the two. Um, so that was definitely like one of my big life missions. Um, and then with the ADHD thing, I started realizing what, well, like, why does Fish's music resonate with me so much? And I feel like it supports my ADHD in so many ways. Their music, the way that like, you don't know necessarily what's going to happen. Like there is structure, but then because there is that structure, the band and the community and like 
the people feel safe to kind of explore in your mind of like where you're going to go because you feel that safety. And it like the music almost feels like a massage for my brain. Like when I'm doing chores or I'm like even working, I have fish playing pretty much all the time because it really helps my brain with that. And what I'm learning more and more is that so many people that are into the music of fish are neurodiverse in some way, which is so intriguing to me, but it totally makes sense. Um, and I've been, I'm in a bunch of like ADHD support groups and, um, there's ADHD bag, which is a fish chick, um, group for people with ADHD. And I asked them if fish supports their ADHD and everybody was like, yes, oh my gosh, like in so, so many ways. So I'm just realizing that it's like they attract this crowd because it does really amazing things for our brains. That is so cool to learn that. That's fascinating. It makes a lot of sense. You're you're talking about um, going to live shows and feeling that amazing feeling and how to bring that into a space where you're not at a live show. Maybe you're in your corporate cubicle and you want to feel that sense of that live show. And I think a lot of people maybe feel like they live two different lives in the world. Like they're they're one way one place and one way another place. And how can they show up their true self everywhere? So I'm curious, um, will you tell us more about like, then how, what, how'd you integrate all of that? Yes. Okay. So I started realizing that there was like, why, like, what is it about the live music experience when I'm at a show? Like, what are the feelings that I'm feeling when I'm here? And why am I spending all of my time and money and like resources doing this when I could be using it on anything? And so I was like, oh, you know, I really feel connected to something bigger than myself. And that was something that like kept me going more and more. I was connected to all the people around me. I was connected to the band. I was connected to the universe. I felt like I was connected to like everybody, all living beings and things on this earth when I was at a show. So that like oneness and connectedness, I felt a state of bliss. I felt really present, like in the present moment. Like I was just like every moment was like really important. I was just there and present for it. I felt expressed like. I mean, you know how it is. You like see someone, you're like, I love you. And you hug and you're dressed like in the way that you want to dress. So I felt expressed in like all of the ways. So for me, those were the feelings that I felt at shows that kept me going over and over again. So I was like, okay, what if I took those feelings and I consciously infused them into my life every day and kind of used it as a compass for the life that I want? Then what would that look like? And what would that mean? So at the time I had a job that I didn't like, but what if I could feel more present, connected, bliss, um, expressed when I'm at that job? It really, I realized it made it a little better, but it still was so, it made it very clear that that was job was out of alignment for me. So it made it easier to say no to that. And then yes to other things, the relationship that I was in at the time, it was easy and not easy, but it was clear that that was like a no. And then I could say yes to other things. So there's that as using it as a compass. And then also, you know, when I am cleaning my house, how can I feel those feelings? When I'm taking a shower, how can I feel those feelings? When I'm commuting to work and I'm stuck in traffic and I'm like really late, how could I feel those feelings? When I'm in some sort of chaos, like how can I feel those feelings? And so I did that all the time. And then that's how it took a long time, but how I ended up to where I am now. I love that you're bringing this up. It's a core piece that I work on my clients with. One of the first things we do is identify those core desired feelings, because once you know how you want to feel, then you can get real 
intentional about feeling it more often throughout the day and noticing when you don't and you kind of can't and those are like the red flags yeah and Mm -hmm. i mean if you have a goal say you have a goal that you want like a million dollars and then but you don't work on how you want to feel you're going to have a million dollars you're going to be miserable and then you're gonna be like well now what and you see this time and time again where people reach this goal that they like think is going to be the thing that makes them happy but they didn't work on feeling the way they want to feel to get it because then what's the point of a million dollars if you're miserable absolutely right exactly we want our goals because we want to feel a certain way that our goals are going to make us feel right or we think our we hope our goals are going to make us feel yeah so the goal is actually like i mean it's funny because i work with people to achieve their goals but the achieving the goal is actually not the important part what is the important part feeling the way that you want to feel (laughs) just like what you (laughs) yeah just like what you help your clients do yeah yeah it's a really important so tell me about the work that you're doing with your clients on reaching goals and um how you put that out there yeah so i have a core signature program that's called the goal squad collective coaching program yeah um and it is amazing it's this secret sauce that is really helping people to achieve their goals, especially if they have ADHD or even are just easily distracted and have a hard time like staying focused on the path. Um, Because first they'll work with me to have a one-on-one and just get really clear on what it is exactly what they want. And we create the first things that I get to do this week list. And there's also a mantra. So there's like mindset um, as a part of this also. Um, So they do that. And then after that, every week they meet with one of my rocking life coaches and Every week for 15 minutes, you have somebody that cares about the goals that you're doing and you meet back up with them and then talk about what you did, what you didn't do, why you didn't. And it's a little like life coaching that happens in there. And then you have your list for the next week. Um, So it really helps people to stay on track to do the things that they say that they're going to do. Um, And then there's also group mindset sessions with me. Um, I lead them, but I also bring in experts. I had a somatic healer. I'm at a voice instructor. There's a person that helps to be more comfortable on camera. So we have all different people coming in. And then there's also the online community where they can connect with other people that is just like them, that are just like them. So it's really this like amazing thing that when you have a goal, like you are so supported to allow it to happen. And all the coaches are also like live music fans. I'm a live music fan. So we talk a lot about live music. And oftentimes people's goals are to see more live music. (laughs) So we help them with that. Awesome. That, um, I love the idea that not only is it goal setting, but then it's the constant accountability and the group, the group atmosphere. There's so much benefit in like cheering each other on reaching goals and healing that can happen in that group atmosphere. That's awesome. Yeah. And the group mindset sessions are interactive. So like everybody gets to know, and those are for everybody who works with me because I also have a business program for people with ADHD that want to start a business. And so those people are on that call. If you've gone to a retreat, you're invited to go to those calls. That's everyone who wants to work with me is a part of that. So you have this amazing community of people there and like best friendships have been made just because they were on a call with someone and then they reached out because they heard something they said that resonated and then now they're best friends. (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) Love it. I know you're a health coach and you've been in the wellness industry for a while now. So I'm curious if there's like one wellness practice that you feel like most people benefit from that is important to you. 
Yes. Um, nervous system regulation, um, and breathing exercises. Like there's one, it's so simple, but I probably do it 25 times a day and we can do it now if you want. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so if you're driving, please keep your eyes open, but if it is available to you, you can close your eyes and put your hands on your heart or your belly or one of each. And then take a deep breath in through your nose for the count of three and out your mouth for the count of five. And again, in through your nose and out your mouth. And in through your nose and exhale out your mouth. You just feel how much like calmer you feel now. And often when I'm in this space, I'll ask, is there anything I need to know or any messages? And then sometimes there is, and sometimes there isn't, but regardless, I feel much more calm and relaxed when I do that. I love that. So is the intention with that, that the inhale is always, the exhale is always longer than the inhale by a few beats? Yeah. 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 That, that it makes your brain realize that it's like safe to relax and to chill, <laughs> which I mean, I don't know if you feel, but I feel different than so different. And you could probably, people listening could probably hear it in our voices. That's right. Yeah. And then you have so much more um, access to your creativity, right? Because the, yeah. the mental chatter just quiets. Yeah. It gets you out of your head and more into your body. Love it. Um, my last question for you today is, do you have a morning routine? And if so, what is it? Yeah. Um, so it's funny. One of the, I'm making a little like, course for people that's going to be 30 days of morning rituals to support your ADHD and the goals that you want to do. And it's the things that I do. Um, so when I first wake up, I sit up and I open my window and look outside. Um, so that's the first thing I do. Then I put my hands on my heart and I do that breathing exercise that I just showed you all. And then I ask for any messages that I need to know. And then I just listen for the messages. And then I think about three to five things that I'm like grateful for and that I, in the day. And then I think about three to five things that I'm excited about for this new day. And then I step out of bed and I make my bed because if I don't make my bed, that is like a sign of like, what's going to happen the rest of the, the day. It's like, I'm just not going to do a lot of things that I want to be doing. So I make my bed. Um, I look to see if there's any clothes on my floor or things that I need to organize. And I like make my bedroom look really nice. And then I will go and drink water and take any like vitamins or things. I brush my teeth. Then I put on some music and I dance around and then I sit and I meditate for one minute and then I get going in the rest of my day. I love it. Beautiful. And so it doesn't take very long. It's like a five to 10 minute thing. And it totally sets a tone. Yeah. When I don't do that, I notice. And it's funny because it's the days I'm like, I have so much to do today. I'm like, I'm going to be so busy. But then I end up wasting so much time because I, it like, well, you know how it goes. Like if you don't do that, then all of a sudden you're like not doing other things and you're wasting time. So by spending that 10 minutes, it actually saves me so much time. Yes. I've definitely noticed that. And actually I'm, I have one more, I, I do have one final question because yeah. in hearing you talk, I'm like, I can relate to the procrastinating. I was always in college, you know, at the computer lab, cause we didn't have 
individual computers. Yeah, yeah, time, me but... too, me too. <laughs> so in the computer lab, pulling all nighters, like printing out my paper um, moments before it was due. I've never been diagnosed with ADHD. I've never thought I've had ADHD. Um, what do what would you recommend to middle-aged women who are listening here like, huh, I wonder if I am. Is going to get tested the best routine or what do you think? What, what do you recommend? Yeah. Yeah. So I get this question a lot and I think it's actually, my opinion is that it's very individualized and like, why, what is your purpose for wanting to be diagnosed? And there's so many, like one, maybe you really want to see if medication is the path that you want to take, then a diagnosis would be really important for that. Um, another reason some people just really thrive on the like knowing and having confirmation on something. So if that is true for you, then getting a diagnosis would be really important. If you're just like, well, I think that I have it and I feel like these things are going to help me. So it really doesn't matter. And I don't care. Then you don't need to get diagnosed and you can just be like, well, I have all the things and the things that Tara Lee is saying I'm going to implement in my life and it made it better Then cool. So that that's my opinion on that. Yeah, start tapping into that superpower and see how we can make it really work for us. Yeah. And if it does, it does like, you know, it, it like, it doesn't really matter. Like if you have the label of ADHD or not, um, if it's if you feel that that is true, and the things are working for you, then doesn't matter. But if you need to have that information, or you want to be on medication, then yes, it is really important to do that. So just see like your why you want it and then decide what you want to do from there. Really helpful. Super good. Um, anything, any last pieces that you want to say that I have not known to ask you about? No, you're so good at what you do. And I feel like you asked me every single thing that <laughs> I wanted to talk about. So Okay, cool. Well, the last thing I'm going to have you speak up about is where people can find you. I'll link to everything in the show notes, but tell us the best places. Yeah. So my website is rockinglife.com and you can find um, a lot of the things. The Goal Squad um, Collective is going to be live on there soon. So the best place to reach out to me about that right now is Instagram. And that is at rockinglife with two underscores. I am super active on there. So if you want a lot of fish and ADHD content, like I got you. And also if you want to laugh and um, dance around, like that's what happens on there. So I would love if you gave me a follow, send me a message and say that you heard me on this podcast and I'll give you a follow back because I love following people back too and having my page be filled with all of you beautiful, amazing people. And those are the two best ways, rockinglife.com and Instagram at rockinglife with two underscores. I highly recommend you go to the Instagram page immediately, even if you aren't a fish fan and don't identify with ADHD because Tara Lee is a ray of sunshine and it will just, she will brighten your day all day long because she is there a lot doing really fun stuff. It's a beautiful presence. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. still listening thanks so much for sticking around if you love what you heard please hit follow and pass along to a friend you can help others find this podcast more easily by taking a moment to rate and review and if you're curious what it's like to work with me or just want to learn more about the work I do and optimizing your own wellness head to my website emilygeiser.com 
You can connect with me directly on Instagram at Emily Geyser. Links for those are in the show notes. I'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Until then, think good thoughts and go for them. Mm-hmm.